In the name of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good, beautiful Easter morning to all of you. It is Easter, is it not? Yeah. Hallelujah, he is risen. I want to take you back just a little while ago, Monday night, April 8th. Does anyone remember what happened Monday night, April 8th? It seems like forever ago now, but my alma mater, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, (laughs) they made it all the way to the national championship in basketball, and lo and behold, in overtime, they would lose. I was hoping to use this as an illustration for Palm Sunday when we were the big procession, the victory uh, procession, but that did not last. But I could use it today because we have a per- it's an illustration into a deeper going on in our gospel this morning. As all of you were probably that night, as Monday became Tuesday morning at midnight and my eyes were still glued to the TV, you were all probably asleep and ready for work or whatever would Tuesday morning would bring. And I was glued as cameras would go after the press conference in which Coach Beard, he was bawling for that they had come so far the first time in program history and they lost. And then they would take the cameras inside the locker room just to show how raw the emotion emotion was with all those players. The starting, the first five and the the guy that would come off of the bench, um, it was the last time they would all be together, one going pro and all of the rest graduating. And they have come so far only to fall that short in overtime. And you just see they're crying, realizing what has come to an end and how close they were. And for a moment, it seems just the defeat sets in and you can really, it was reality TV at its best. And I was just like really drawn into it. And I think that's the most modern in in the last three or four weeks that I could come up with. But I want to pose that question to you as we consider our gospel that Joe read just a moment ago, have you had those times in your lives where it was just, it seems like there was no hope, ultimate defeat, and it just set in, the weight of that would set in on you? Well, we find our disciples this morning in our gospel in a similar place. The resurrection has happened, but little by little, Jesus will be appearing to various people saying, I'm back. But we find the disciples this morning in that place of thinking that everything has come to an end. They had spent the last three to three and a half years with Jesus, learning and watching him do miracles, heal people. And they think as we're riding in on at the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, they think we are at the pinnacle and it cannot get any better than this. And then as we know, as we remembered and celebrated last week, they would hang Jesus on the cross and he would breathe his last And this is where we find the disciples, 10 of them, gathered at first in a locked room. For they had that feeling, they killed our leader. What are we going to do now? Everything we have done for the last three to three and a half years, everything, it's all for naught now as they have killed Jesus. 
Can you fit? And then on top of just that, the ultimate defeat and feeling that weight come down, that weight of hopelessness, they were also terrified. They had just seen the Jews put their leader to death. And the question they had to be asking themselves, is this coming for us? They killed Jesus. They will probably recognize that we were associated. Are they going to come kill the rest of us in a similar fashion? These were all the thoughts and emotions that they had in the room. They were hiding behind a locked door, hoping that that fate was not coming for them, wondering what is next for us. Well, then we hear Jesus comes on the scene. And it's not as a normal person would do. We don't hear a at the locked door. What we hear in the text is that Jesus just appears. And he is in a resurrection flesh body as he walks in to the gathered ten disciples at first and says, Look, look. And they say, Oh my gosh. And, his, and they are with fear. And his first words that he says to them is not, oh, you guys are in trouble for leaving my side. His first words are, peace, peace be with you. And as he has shown them the scars in his hand and in his side, they are relieved. They are restored by the peace that Jesus brings in his actual presence there. From the pulpit, the ne- over this liturgical season of Easter all the way until Pentecost, you're going to be hearing sermons of restoration and how Jesus, through his re- resurrection, restores us all. Today, from our gospel reading, I want to use what I'm calling the three Ps to show us how Jesus restored the disciples then and how Jesus still restores us now. So as we consider that theme of restoration, the three Ps for today out of our gospel are peace, purpose, and his piercings. Those three, peace, purpose, and his piercings. We've heard the first. As Jesus comes in and they actually see him, the, disciple, the ten disciples, and clear their eyes and say, is this actually happening? He greets them with those words, peace. Peace be with you. Now let's consider the essence of peace. The essence of peace is security. And security is something that the disciples at this time, as you've heard, just that weightiness that's on them, security is something they need. And it comes in the physical presence of the resurrected Jesus. And when we when When we exchange the peace, or as we hear in our gospel, as it unfolds to us this morning, Jesus says, peace be with you, and then he breathes. He breathes out the Holy Spirit amongst them, and it falls upon them. And as we consider the actual essence of peace and what that means for us, as the Holy Spirit meets us, I pray that we find that peace and that security. For the opposite of that is anxiety. When we don't know the peace that comes with the Holy Spirit of Christ through his resurrection, anxiety can run rampant. And the opposite is insecurity. And what we are looking for through the resurrection as followers of Christ is his peace, which comes with the disciples of his physical being there and showing his wounds 
And then for us, the Holy Spirit meeting us in this day and age in the presence of God, granting us the peace which passes all understanding. Not just the, what you would hear a beauty contestant say, what do you want most in the world? World peace. Or that 60s and 70s peace. We want that deep, penetrating gospel peace that comes to us all. That leads us to the second P of purpose. As Christ is there and says twice to the ten gathered disciples, peace be with you and breathes the Holy Spirit out upon them. As you can imagine, they had a purpose that they were preparing for until Christ died. And that purpose had gone away of what actually being a disciple, what they had been doing. As Christ comes back, he says, through the power of the Holy Spirit, as it falls upon you, I restore your purpose. And what is that purpose for them and for us? We hear the lines in the gospel, forgive others and they will be forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they will not be forgiven. What we have here is a snapshot of the gospel. As we learn that forgiveness of sins, of all of our transgressions, comes through the, the resurrection of Jesus. We are all restored by his resurrection and his Holy Spirit joining us and falling upon us. They were launched into the gospel message, into discipleship, and then into the ministry of reconciliation. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit possible to forgive the worst of things done to you, and then when you have done something to someone else, when you look in the mirror and you hate what is looking back by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are restored by purpose, by God coming and saying, peace be with us, by our purpose as disciples of his being renewed via the power of the resurrection and Holy Spirit and that brings us to the third and final P, his piercings. I want to look at that through our good and infamous friend, Doubting Thomas. As we hear, the first of the ten disciples are gathered, and Thomas is not there. And he would come to the disciples a little bit later, as they had seen Jesus. And they said, Thomas, he's here. He has returned. He has resurrected. And we all know Thomas's famous response. That is impossible. Nobody comes back from death unless I see the holes in his hand and the scar in his side. I will not believe. And then just days later, they're gathered in the same room, this time with Thomas. Jesus appears again. No knock. They're still behind the locked door figuring out just little by little what is happening as Jesus has come back on the scene. And Jesus goes right to Thomas and a third time says, peace be with you, Thomas. And then he says, I know that you are in major disbelief in a season of doubt right now, Thomas. And he knows exactly where to meet him exactly what Thomas needed just in that moment. And he says, put your finger here, Thomas. Put it here in my side and know that I have been resurrected and I am back. 
And we hear in the text, Thomas doesn't actually have to do the physical, put his finger there and his side here, his hand in the side. We hear him say, my Lord and my God. Now you have to understand how deep and how major this is for Thomas. Thomas was a very devout Jew as he had been walking with Jesus. And at this time, they are not having all of the debates about the Holy Trinity. This would come hundreds of years later. So for Thomas to say, my Lord and my God, being a devout Jewish monotheist means that something major had to change his heart and change his mind. The piercings of Jesus, the wounds of Jesus from the cross and him being there with Thomas was enough for Thomas to realize the Messiah was in his presence as he would say, my Lord and my God. And then we receive a blessing through who was doubting Thomas now to believing Thomas. We hear Jesus tell him, Thomas, you have believed because you have seen. But for us today, blessed are those who have not seen. Do you feel the Holy Spirit's presence as we have that blessing from God? Blessed are those who have not seen. We are all doubting Thomas. We have all had those moments in our life of a day, a week, or even several years where we come to a point where of disbelief or even doubt, seasons of doubt and desert in our lives. And this is where we consider the wounds, the piercings of Christ. When life wounds us, when we find ourselves just hard to look at in the mirror from the lives that we have been living or in seasons of doubt, the wounds of Christ and his resurrection restores us all. As we are reminded, as hard as the things in life that we will go through, they are transient. And because of the wounds of Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit through his resurrection, We are restored as we remember his wounds and it points us to the eternal. May you realize that, that everything, the hard crushing down things of life, when we are as all the disciples, when we think we are defeated, that we have lost all of our hope, Jesus comes and says, peace be with you. And in those seasons of your life, may God's peace May your purpose as his disciples and may his piercings remind you of whose you are and what you are capable of through the power of the Holy Spirit. May you all be restored as we continue to celebrate. Alleluia. He is risen. Amen.